Welcome to The Gods We Belong To, an urban fantasy noir podcast. The Gods We Belong To tells one continuous story in order, and it's important to start at the beginning. So, first timers, it's back to episode one for you. Now, my faithful friends, take a beat, take a breath, and let's check in with Alex. Chapter 14 Like I said earlier, I don't have a lot of friends left over from my old life. Which is to say, I don't have a lot of friends. But one or two good ones? <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. In this case, it's Melina. Good thing she slipped me a contact number after our last meeting. It's just voicemail, she'd explained. So don't call at 3am baked and looking to chat. I get it, I was quick to reassure her, but she'd fixed me with a no-bullshit stare to drive the point home. Alex, this is only, and I do mean only, for emergencies, or whenever you've got that promised package of Odin's herb for me. It feels good to know someone like Melina counts me as a friend. Of course, I am also hooking her up with some truly otherworldly drugs, because friend or no, the kind of help I'm looking for is no small ask. She reminds me of this several times as we iron out the details of my plan. Plan seems generous, Alex, Molina chides me. This sounds more like jumping off a cliff and hoping to grab something useful on the way down. Maybe so. She rolls her hypnotic brown eyes. Arissa tries hard not to stare. Okay, yeah, it's a long shot. But that golden jackass is up to something involving Loki, or at least he intends to be. Any plan of Apollo's can only end badly, the goddess smirks. And putting yourself in his path with such abandon seems... unwise. She's right, Arissa nods. Yeah, well, you would say that, Melina squints. She's right, Arissa repeats but it's still the best chance we've got of figuring out what's going on and maybe even stopping Apollo before he makes everything somehow worse than it already is. Melina sighs, then offers a pursed-lipped smile. I suppose so. Your friend is brave, she nods towards Arissa. You are lucky to have such an ally. Detective Mars blushes and looks suddenly for all the world like an awkward teenager. I will trust in the two of you, Melina continues, and I will help you, as my abilities allow. Thank you. I bow a little, then produce the sweet-smelling bundle and hand it to the goddess. She holds it to her face, inhales the deep, rich scent, then smiles. You deliver Apollo at the appointed time and place. Make sure he drinks what I give you, and I will do the rest. Okay better. I can handle a chat with Apollo, and sure, he's a dangerous dickhead. That covers an awful lot of deities. 
But there's more than just a little urgency to our situation, and my chip-away-at-the-stone approach to interrogation isn't exactly speedy. So this only works if we have an ace up our sleeves. Melina is one hell of an ace. It doesn't take much to get Apollo to agree to a meeting. He's positively chomping at the bit to seem heroic and important. It takes a little more convincing to draw him into the unfamiliar territory of East L.A. Surely, Erissa, there's somewhere else we can meet. There's a, a bakery cafe in Beverly Hills, just a hop and a skip from my place. They make the most divine organic alpaca milk latte you simply must if you really do want to help. She cuts him off as gently as she can. Then please, meet us here. It's just, with your celebrity, we want to be sure we can really talk. Can't have you getting mobbed by fans and paparazzi the whole time, can we? No, he allows. No, I, I suppose not. You are wise to take such precautions. Bingo. One golden god on the hook. Still, I don't let myself breathe easy until I see him walk into the back room of Casa Maya, a humble-looking East L.A. cantina. Melina had been very insistent. Look, if I have to tolerate the presence of that jackass, I'm at least going to get a good meal out of it. I couldn't really argue with her logic. That kitchen works magic, she'd promised, and given the symphony of savory aromas wafting our way, I'm inclined to believe her. Uncle, Arissa stands and beckons Apollo over to our table. Hello, Arissa, he smiles too widely. I'm so pleased you've decided to accept my offer. Let's be clear, Arissa sounds stern. We're not accepting anything but a sit-down, not yet. I'm still not convinced you have anything to offer here. But, I slide into the good cop role, we're here, and we're ready to listen. Sit, eat, and tell us how you can help us with our Loki problem. Apollo sinks into a chair opposite us. No sooner has his pretentious ass hit the seat than servers come filing out of the kitchen laden with trays of chilaquiles, enchiladas, rienos, and more. They lay the regal spread out before us, and even jaded Apollo's eyes widen in anticipation. Then one final tray arrives, with drinks for everyone, including an ostentatiously gilded cocktail for the Golden God. He looks on approvingly as his plate is filled with an assortment of delicacies and wastes no time in grabbing a fork and diving in. Well, niece, he says between mouthfuls, this is certainly worth the trip and the rather rustic locale. I think once you hear my plan, you'll be glad you came. You see, I have a network of friends. You have friends? I couldn't resist. Arissa chuckles. Apollo snorts, makes a show of turning to look exclusively at his niece, and continues. I have associates, many with gods in their family tree, individuals of power and influence who fear me or want something from me, or both. They will help me lure this vagrant gutter god. I will use my considerable influence and strategic acumen to lay an exquisite trap to... We're listening. Really, we are. Both Arissa and I are eager to hear the sales pitch. Problem is, all either of us can really think about is that gilded drink on the table in front of him. 
the drink that Melina mixed and spelled especially for our current purpose. A cocktail to roofie a god. All too much for him to resist, Apollo smirks as he details his scheme. With such a perfectly laid trap, he'll never see it coming. Well, what do you think? Like I said, I may have missed some of the finer points, but I got the broad strokes. Something about a party with a special guest list, one chock full of God's blood. Chum in the water. Sounds simple enough. Honestly, it's not even the worst idea, if all you care about is drawing Loki out. Say you do get him to show his face, then what? There's no guarantee that goes your way, and the more you stack the room in your favor, the more likely the sly one is to sense the trap and bolt. So, as plans go, I give this one a 4 out of 10, as opposed to our cunning spiked drink scheme, which is a solid 7. But Apollo is positively beaming with confidence as he awaits our enthusiastic gratitude, eagerly sampling one dish after another. What role do we play in this? I ask, trying hard not to stare at the drink he's so frustratingly neglecting. You? None. I'm here to tell you, both of you, to stand down. Now that I am free, I am more than capable of bringing this messy business to a conclusion. Your services are no longer required. No longer required? Sounds like he's dismissing a butler. Fuck that. I'd be a little stung if this whole conversation weren't just a pretense to slip this prick a magic dose of honesty. Come on, you bastard, I think, willing his attention in the direction of the golden goblet. Just fucking drink it. Luckily for me, my partner has an idea that beats wishful thinking. Look, uncle, Arissa begins, uncharacteristically familial. You know I'm not one to sugarcoat, especially when it comes to things between us. So I really do hate to say it, but that is a clever plan. Well played, Mars. In the spirit of grudging admiration, let's drink to your success. She hoists a glass. I follow suit. Hmm. Apollo looks hard at Orissa, clearly suspicious. But she's got one hell of a poker face. He turns to me and squints like I'm a magic eye poster and he's trying to see the sailboat. Deception is literally in my blood, so after a few seconds of what he believes is an unnervingly penetrating stare, Apollo lets up, apparently satisfied. Well, he smirks, I suppose it is a plan worthy of a toast. And with that, he downs the contents of the goblet. Delicious! So, now that you know the matter is safe in my capable hands, do you... Damn. I watch as Apollo goes dull-eyed and half-limp. Not unconscious, just inert. Melina does not fuck around, Arissa nods approvingly. No, I don't. Melina steps out of the kitchen and walks over to the newly helpless god, especially not where beings like this one are concerned. He may be a buffoon, but Apollo is not to be dismissed. He is venomous and relentlessly self-serving. But right now, 
She stoops to look directly into his glazed-over eyes. He's just a deer in headlights, aren't you, my dear? Apollo nods lazily. Now then, let's get to it. I do still have a yard full of deserving people waiting on my time and attention. You, she pokes Apollo in the chest, and her voice takes on a deep, rumbling undertone, like the earth itself is speaking in unison with her. This crazy plan you told us about, it's a lie. A cover story? No, he replies, sounding half asleep. I could have told her that. The party is where I'll trap him, and they'll love me for it. You think your friends will draw him out? I know they will. He's still hungry. How can you be sure he'll sense them? Melina sounds dubious. What makes this particular gathering stand out to a hungry god over all the other potential meals in Los Angeles? I am quite sure he'll be there, Apollo monotones. I invited him. My stomach drops. You invited? Melina's tone darkens. I invited, and he accepted. So eager, so easy. How long have you been in league with Loki? She asks. Not in league. Apollo insists, even entranced. This is the plan. Plan? Melina cringes. Make him think we're aligned. Get him where I want him. Turn on him and be the hero. The one who brought the killer to justice. They will celebrate me. Never forget. Never forget? Just what the fuck does that little nugget mean? I know Apollo is all about adulation. Hell, he's been chasing it in a series of glory-hound human guises for centuries. But why this sudden need to be remembered? From the funny look on her face, I'm guessing Melina caught it too. Why would people forget you, Apollo? Last vision. Final vision. No more fits. Don't fit. I don't fit. What do you mean, final vision? What fits? He means prophecy, Arissa speaks up. His fits of prophecy. Right, I confirm, the ones he stopped sharing. I know a few gods would be very interested in that kind of info. When was your last vision? Melina presses the issue. Why have these fits stopped? Eleven months ago, Apollo monotones. The visions left me. The great stream of prophecy closed to me. No new visions. Only the final vision. What did you see? Tell me. The end. A single tear runs down his face. My end. Alone. Abandoned. Forgotten. And then... Darkness. After that, it's all self-pity. Oh, the cosmic injustice of it all, for a being like him to fall victim to time, to limitation. 
cry me a fucking river. It's funny, for a being that seems to think so little of frail, feeble humanity, Apollo sure has spent a lot of time pretending to be one of us. I ponder the irony of it all as I cruise back to my temporary home base. After Apollo ran out of useful info, Melina had gently eased him back to full consciousness, remembering only that he had crowed about his own heroism and ended our service in this matter exactly as he intended. And he certainly left high on that illusory sense of accomplishment, positively dripping with self-satisfaction. The Golden God's genius plan goes into motion tomorrow night. He's booked a chic local club for the occasion, which means we've got a little time. Just enough for some sleep before we decide what the hell we're doing. Sitting on the couch, I draw as deeply as I can on a pipe filled with Odin's blend. Sleep. I definitely need some sleep. But first, I need to smoke. I need to think. I need to talk. Usually, I'd give Odin a shout at a time like this. Sure, he can be a little terrifying, but he's easy to talk to. A solid smoking buddy. Still, I know the kind of advice he's likely to offer. Something about an opportunity to be rid of Apollo and somehow restrain Loki, who he would no doubt remain maddeningly unwilling to eliminate. No, I need a different perspective. Strophius, I exhale mightily. The word Odin used to send me here, to Los Angeles, to Hermes. I close my eye, hoping I got the pronunciation right. Seconds tick by and I hear nothing. I'm not exactly Odin, maybe I need to repeat myself. Stro- Heard you the first time, Alex. My eye shoots open and I find Hermes in the chair across from me. How about you pass that pipe and tell me why you called? I do as instructed, and as Hermes inhales cloud after cloud of smoke, I give him the inside scoop on Apollo's underwhelming plan for celebrity heroism. Hmm. He turns it all over once I've finished. I mean, it's certainly not a good plan. No, I agree. Not sure how it'll end exactly, but... Badly, we say in unison. Hermes chuckles. If I didn't know better, I joke. I'd say we were related. Well, we are, he replies. In a way. Explain. Among my kind, Alex, he takes another hit, there is more than one kind of kin. There are those in your literal family, parents, siblings, that whole mess. And then there's kin of a more abstract nature. Odin and I, for example, are kin. Not because we share blood, but because we are tied to similar energies, similar aspects of the world. You two seem so different. Yin and Yang, Alex. Odin and I are two sides of the same coin, so to speak. Well, you are definitely the sunnier side. Oversimple, Hermes cautions, then shrugs, but basically accurate. So what do I call you then? smirk. Uncle Hermes? He just laughs and takes another lungful from the pipe. I've been called worse. Well, since we're family and all, any chance you can get Artemis and Athena to drop by, say, tomorrow morning? I suppose I could, Hermes grimaces. Good. 
I'll get on the horn to Orissa and make sure she knows to show up early. And why are we all gathering? I've got favors coming from you guys, I remind him. And to live through tomorrow, we're gonna need all three. This has been The Gods We Belong To, Book 2, Chapter 14. The Gods We Belong To is written, performed, edited, and produced by Dan Goldstein. Theme music is I'll Drive by Daniel Birch. Additional music, Roaming the Streets at Night, Dreams Never Die, and Say It Again, I'm Listening by Daniel Birch, and The True Entity of Life by Daniel Birch and Ben Pegley. Our spectacular episode art is by the talented and beautiful Jen Goldstein. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and help spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Post. Tweet. Five-star ratings are particularly helpful and appreciated. However you do it, thank you. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Gods We Belong To. Episodes and more at thegodswebelongto.net. The season finale will be here in just a few weeks. So, until then, don't do anything Alex wouldn't do.